Keeping it real in Bantertown, yo. Dropping it like it's hot. It's just... <laughs> What in the world? I don't know. It's, it's actually hot outside again. That was terrible. John and Johnny here. I'll talk about that. How you doing, John? I'm okay. I want you to explain your fizzy water that you're drinking because I've never seen. So, um, yeah. It's not a LaCroix. No, it's not a LaCroix. It's uh, a LaCroger. Which is French for pretentious, by Right. The way. It's a LaCroger. The pretentious. No, it's a, yeah, the Kroger. Yeah. You know, so we like the fizzy waters. And uh, you know what? Let the haters hate, bro. You like mineral water. I like mineral water. That is the... I like fizzy mineral water, like a like a nice. Uh, you just drink club soda by itself. Oh yeah, I order that. You know what? I only I always order it on airplanes. I don't know why. And you sound so you do you sound very pretentious. Just like it's, the guy next to you is like no you sound no you know what it sounds like and you don't know this because you're not really in, in drinking culture but it sounds like you're an alcoholic <laughs> that you're trying to quit. You know what I'm saying? Like they serve that's alcohol. what you get if you're no I'm saying but okay. if you're trying to not drink, you hear you see like I always see it in movies and stuff. Somebody's like trying to drink that like. Somebody's like, give me a gin, give me a gin, tonic, give me a vodka. And they'll be like, club soda. Like that guy's like trying to hold on, white knuckling through life. Right. So that's what it looks like. You're just, for me, I chew gum on planes. Yeah. Like an entire pack of gum sometimes. I just keep go. It, keep your ears chain. popping. It's, uh, it's like a nervous thing because I'm kind of jammed in that seat. I'm a big dude. I'm 6'4", so it's like yeah. I'm just jammed in there. I think it takes my mind off of it. Yeah. And so I go through a pack of gum. And the person sitting next to me, I am positive thinks I've quit you're smoking. Like or something. Yeah, yeah, that I've quit smoking. And I don't know. Maybe that's what the fizzy water is about. Like I'm quitting. Like I don't have a big Coke thing, but uh, you know I am. So I'm Coca Cola. You guys. <laughs> 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 Again, I see previous episodes about how un unlearned uh, I am in the drug culture. But anywho, <laughs> I do like I do like the the fizzy waters. So my wife discovered the other day that they are now because usually it's like lemon lime or, mm-hmm. or grapefruit and things like that. A hint. And now a hint of it's just a hint, Johnny. Lime. It's just a hint. So yeah, I, 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 I'll give you a hint. <laughs> Anywho, yeah. it's a uh, sorry I can't get my. What you, you can't like you can mute. Oh, oh my god! You can mute the phone when it starts ringing, but you can't mute the, the thing around your neck. So oh, really? Without turning it off. Yeah, it's very crazy. Anyway, Johnny, this first world is so hard. But the you just like lemon lime or grapefruit. Or, but it's you know, not really that. I read this on Twitter. It said Lacroix <laughs> is like drinking club soda while someone shouts the name of a fruit from the next room. That's what it is. <laughs> but it, 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 no. Lemon! <laughs> you just kind of, oh, well, it is kind of lemony now that you, now that you bring it up. I don't, I don't know. It's all about what you train your body for. So, mm-hmm. but I do know this, it's drinking water and I, and that's better for me. So I'm, I'm making good choices. But I've heard the carbonation is kind of what's bad for your system. Too. You know, Johnny, you hear whatever the coke The dioxide, it's bubbling look, in there and it's creating a bloat, maybe look, like a bloated Look, big Coke is just is just like they're just trying to to, to throw big everybody soda. else out. Yeah, big, big soda is taken down. So this is a root beer flavor. They have made it's a hint of root beer. They have made now like soda flavored carbonated waters. So Johnny, if you trace back the history, mm-hmm. if you go all the way back to the beginning, yeah, like if you go back to the days of the soda fountain shops at, the, at the drug stores, you know, yeah, then that's really what they were doing, Johnny. They were taking. A, 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 it's like medicine. They were making like a mix of a concoction. Yeah, they were trying to cure something, and instead right. they came up with something that's killing us all. But the idea yeah. is 
that you're carbonating one liquid and you're right. adding a flavor to it. And so what we've done here is we've we've literally reinvented back to the epicenter of what this was all about in the first place. We have now taken carbonated water yeah. and put a hint of root beer. So it's just like a soda that's just not enough syrup in it. It tastes it would taste not as heavy. It's a dollop. So it, it's a it's so like a drop of flavor. Well, I don't know. It's stronger than that. I think we're not giving it enough credit. But again, if you're used to drinking, if you're like, used to water, I would say it'd be like, well, this is unbelievable. But if you're used to soda, you're like, mm-hmm. this is. And it really does come back to what you're used to, Johnny. Well, here's mm. the thing, mm. and I always tell you that I've told you this before, but I went off sodas because people say if you go off sodas for two weeks, just stop drinking cokes for two weeks. You go back to them. It'll taste like medicine. It'll taste like syrup. It'll be so thick and heavy. And I did it. I did it for three weeks. Mm-hmm. This was a few years ago. I went back, and I had a soda. I had a Coke. And it was like kissing Jesus on the lips. <laughs> they were so wrong. So wrong. Yeah. You, you know, well, here's, here's so I, didn't, I don't need a dollop. I need give me whatever it's doing to me. I'm sorry. I got I, heavier physically than yeah. I have been I was up there as close as I've been in my adult life. You're not a big dude though, dude. Well it doesn't matter but for me right. I put on like twenty pounds. Yeah. And even then I could be sitting in the bed mm-hmm. like this this may or may not have happened. Okay, I'm not gonna say it happened. But I may you or may not. You couldn't get out of bed. Are you one of those guys? <laughs> you had to call in. You had to call in fat for work. I wasn't like on a they had on a, chainsaw a TLC you, show. They had a chainsaw or you out of the house. Like, what's eating Gilbert grape or something? But yeah. no. But I may or may not have found myself at night sitting mm-hmm. in the bed eating straight out of a pie pan. <laughs> and it was a low moment. And it was a pie. Uh, so, like, that happened a bunch yeah. <laughs> through the winter months as the eternal winter set in. I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this life. <laughs> I can't go outside. I can't run. I don't want to. So, at, at, at any rate. That is a low moment. But during all that, here's the here's back to your point about the, <laughs> the syrup. Uh, that I still couldn't drink a straight sweet tea, though. Like, I've retrained my taste buds. So, like, mm. I can have sugar, but the liquid sweet tea mm-hmm. is so sweet to me that yeah. the way that like my southern friends like it that i still yeah. so here i'm eating out of a pie tin ordering unsweet tea and you're like you really do train your now i can still have a coke occasionally mm-hmm. or something like that because i'm the kind of guy that will go to a restaurant say like a firehouse or something that has you know especially those really cool coke machines where you can put oh you, you can know, choose what you want flavors. i don't like those because they hold up the line everybody's like oh, what do i want like a little kid do they have mango sprite that's delicious it, you know you see that line of kids who are yeah. treating it like a like it's some sort of machine where they're you know getting a prize you yeah know? they're trying to make a, they're trying to make a suicide orange yeah. thickle or whatever yeah, can you it'd be hard to make a suicide in those machines remember that suicide where you just get all of it yeah and you could just got to push a lot of buttons yeah by the time you're done you're like what's well, like a video really, game it's really worth it you know yeah. it's like i went i'm on level seven what you win is a terrible soda <laughs> right my kid has made suicides at those machines so oh really i wonder if we've changed the name of that because it sounds really well yeah i shouldn't say it yeah and like, say like you, you have one of my favorite bits you do. I know it's been used a lot now. What is it? One of my favorite bits you do is about Johnny says, when he was a kid, he sets with all them at being in gym class. And he's oh, a kid the, 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 they... and having asthma. And then Johnny's coach says, see how well I can do your bit. Okay, let's see. So my coach says, asthma? I can cure asthma. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> he's like, here's his cure for asthma. Now, if you guys have heard of this, it's it, it, they're called suicides. A suicide is a terrifying series of wind sprints. Right. 
He says, guys, I'm going to tell you, you make a fat little kid with asthma run till he dies. That's not suicide. That's homicide. Right. Was I close? That's close. I mean, I left out several key words there probably. Did I say say the word suicides too early in the joke? You said suicides in the gym teacher. He says, that's not suicides. Yeah, you shouldn't have said it the second time. Uh, That's called tipping the bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. I didn't didn't know I was going to be given this bit today. I didn't know that. No, it's good. Uh, I have another bit. I have another bit with the word suicide in it, which is really, and I don't do it a lot, but it's about, um, I saw on the nature channel that squids are the only animal that commit suicide. They, they get stressed and they cannibalize themselves. They eat their own tentacles and they die from it. They, they can. And I was like that. I was like, I get, I, 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 I can feel that, you know, when I get stressed, I'm the same way. If I was a squid, I'd be like, no one loves me. Ooh, calamari. And I would just be, I don't do that one a lot. It's just kind of weird. And it lands sometimes with the crowd really heavy. And then sometimes they'll be like, that's really dark. Boo. Yeah. Boo, suicide. Yeah. I stood up on Sunday. I was, I was speaking in Cookville and I I love the people in Cookville, but it was, it was graduation weekend and they're doing these things now. I want to see how you segue it from suicide into this. Well, I was (laughs) That reminds me. (laughs) (laughs) Graduation just happened. Well, they're going to be laughing because I'm starting to cough. I've coughed less so far this episode than I have literally since the year began. But the reason for all of you listeners out there who are wondering why we did not have an episode last week, we were slated to record. Right. And Johnny had to call in last second sick. Yeah. And I'm still not great. But I'm and gonna, I didn't pay you for it. By no, the way. you didn't. I did so not get paid that week. You did not get your paycheck. That's, we have a special week. deal. Did you get a shot? I got two shots. Oh. Steroid shot and a biotic shot. Yeah. Is it working? And, uh, no. The, it worked it, to get me through the weekend. I had I had three shows in three cities that weekend with Tim Hawkins. And I got through the weekend, but it was there was a lot of throat clearing and n- nose blowing before I, I went on stage. I was thinking today about, you know, I hear people, there's a Nashville culture thing about the weather. Like, oh, the weather's always, oh, it's too hot. It's too, like everybody complains about the weather here yeah. because it's constantly changing, you know. And then yeah. people outside of Nashville get really sick of it. After a while, all the Nashville people are like, look, just shut up. I live in Wisconsin or whatever. Right. And or, I started thinking the same yeah. thing about allergies. We end up complaining. And if you don't live here. But allergies are bad everywhere. Yeah. but According if you don't, to people who live there. I don't know, man. Because like, I do jokes about allergies, and I always say, are allergies bad here in every city I go to? They're like, oh, it's so bad. Well, you're talking to a person with allergies. But you said yeah. to me at lunch yesterday that you th- you heard moving to Nashville is like yeah. the worst allergies. You came from East Tennessee, and, and your it was allergies better. got better. Yeah. But this year is like the yeah. worst year from any place you've ever lived, right? Yeah, there was a meme about it that said, I don't know what the government is putting in the pollen this year. And it was like big swollen face, dude. Man, I'm going to tell you. It's yeah, awful. It's bad. It's awful. But anyway, the point was of Cookville was not about suicide. The oh. point was about a, a joke you're not sure is going to land or not. Oh, so, right. But now my point of all that was it was graduation weekend. I was filling yeah. in so the pastor wasn't there. Graduation weekend. And my niece graduated. It's one of the reasons I knew it was graduation weekend. And they have a thing now. Kendall, this, right? Is that her have, name? Yes, Kendall. And a big shout out to Kendall. She's beautiful, by the way. What a She's such a sweet girl. Listen, and I don't know if her mom and dad listen to this or not, but they made a bound book of her senior photos. Yeah. Like that she took, I don't know. She yeah. must have done a whole week of photo shoot or something. Right. It was unbelievable. Like yeah. her, you know, she's got like dressed a little bit like a hippie with a peace sign in front of a, mm-hmm. a Volkswagen, then your standard ones and stuff. And she was so photogenic. Yeah. And she like wants to be an attorney and do some other things. And no. I, so I leaned in at lunch to my brother and I said, hey, don't tell her that I said this because I don't want to plan any ideas. 
Right. She has the most photogenic smile in a photo like that you've ever seen. It's like, unbelievable. She could easily go model anytime yeah. she wanted to. Yep. Don't tell her that. Let no. her become a lawyer. But and I'm nothing. But like you saying that? That's like yeah. That's like no. it's less than John. I'm saying I don't want to. I don't want to change her current course oh, by planning. If, if she wants to go chase, I don't want to confuse the the graduation, which is they do a lot of this for prom nights, now, right? Where everybody goes to one place, keeps kids off the road, away from drunk drivers. No one, mm-hmm. you know, parents are taking shifts, so they stayed up all night to have a breakfast the next morning. Yeah. So it was literally ghost town where I was speaking. So I got up. And I started because I've I've spoken there quite a bit, so they kind of know some of my stories. So the low attended Sunday, yeah, already. So here I am. I'm gonna and, and sometimes I'll start serious, you know, uh, but it really wasn't serious. And so I was like, guys, you know, a lot of y'all know my story, but I was nine years in youth ministry here at this church, I fifteen total. But as mm-hmm. I said, I said fifteen years in youth ministry, and then guys, after that, I'll be honest with you, I, I had a really dark period. Mm-hmm. It was it was low, and I'm not real proud of it. And yeah. there's a lot of things that I did and things that happened there that I'm just beginning to come to grips with. Right. And it was just, it's hard to talk about, you know, for mm-hmm. several years there, I really got into uh, college and career ministry. Right. Crickets. <laughs> it was like crickets. Maybe they're like waiting for you to say, and in that I got into whatever. I don't know. They didn't, like, they didn't realize the, that was the punchline. That line. was the punchline. Like I, the college and career is your I dark, was a college and career was my dark, dark path. path, you know. And maybe it's because I'm in a college town. They're like, what the heck is that supposed to mean? And they tarred and feathered me in their minds. Oh, my gosh. Know. They ended up laughing later about other stuff, so it worked. And Johnny, <laughs> the point of me preaching is not to get people to laugh. So what you're saying is that has to do with suicide because you died up there. I'm you, saying you said that, that you have a joke. That was self-immolation on stage. You said you have a joke that only goes over with certain crowds yeah. and so that reminded me that I had a joke that did not go over with that crowd that I think if I'd have been in my church they yeah. would have got that and laughed John, so. you died that's the thing it's kill or die on stage so it's mm. you died I did which is like I mean I had a I resur- I've, I've, I've brought it all back I mean, oh I'm sure you did John no. you're a magnificent speaker <laughs> <laughs> well the good news he's is he's available for weddings bar mitzvahs yes the good news is I had other things to say yeah. so it worked you know what just reminded me of I was talking about the nature specials this is I'm going back I'm sorry but the squid thing people assume when you say there's only one animal that commits suicide you know what they assume right what do you think of when I say there's animals that just like what do we say when kids are like all following each other into a bad path. You bunch of lemmings. Lemming. Yeah, lemmings. don't be a bunch of lemmings. lemmings. There was a special in the 50s. How about them jumping the 60s, off the cliffs? And it showed lemmings just following each other, jumping off the cliff to their death. Yeah. And there's a story that came out uh, probably in the 90s, early 2000s, that said that basically they were trying to create the narrative that lemmings do that. And so they were. there was a camera guy or a, one of the gaffers off, off shot who was pushing them, like scaring them. No. And it's not true. Lemmings don't do that. No. So it's like that's a total myth. And now we have a whole thing in our culture like, you're a bunch of lemmings. You're just running. You see one guy do it, you go do it. Like that does not happen in nature. We interfered with nature and created a huge cultural thing that's not real. Wasn't there a thing about St. Patrick who rid the island of the lemmings? I think that was snakes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a lemming, actually. I'm trying to remember what they – are they like little otters? What do they look like? Uh, I don't think – I think they're smaller than otters. I would think of them up. more like a like – a, They're a woodland creature, though. Like a prairie though, right? dog. Like a prairie dog. Like a prairie dog. Okay, the coolest thing at the zoo I saw prairie dogs one time yeah. is there's – you know, they stand up and look around, but there's actually in their little prairie dog culture, mm-hmm. there's like – they're called sentries, and they're actually – 
ones that stand guard over yeah. the rest of the camp and oh, watch. That's nice. So they stand up and watch. I took a picture. I was going to make a sermon out of it, but I just left it for now. So it was like two years ago. It hasn't come out yet. So if the internet, what is, we need right now, my friends, are more prairie dogs. Centuries. If the internet has done one thing, it has helped me to find more videos of unlikely animal friends. That brings joy to me. When you see unlikely, do you, do you, does it bring you joy? I think hunters see, don't like it because hunters are like, this goes again. Why would a dog not kill a duck? It's a dog. Kill that duck. But when I see a dog and a duck and they're friends. Did you see that? It makes me happy well, all the time. You saw a dog and a duck. The, not only that, there's a video that I saw this week of a dog raising ducks. These ducks, m- mother died like, or they fell out of the nest. eggs in the morning? And no, he didn't I'd make them I'd be too scramble. close to home to make That's eggs. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Somebody you know? <laughs> I don't know why you go. John, you're being ridiculous. Okay. This has been a weird episode so it has. far. And I'm really excited. No, this dog. And then there's a photo. There's a video where the ducks are just on the dog's back and he's just carrying them around. There's little ducklings. Listen. It's a golden retriever. But there's a reason it makes it to the internet. It's because it's the exception. Yes, but I'm saying like it. It makes you give. It gives you hope. Like maybe. Have you lost hope because dogs hunt? No, but dogs? I'm saying it makes you go like maybe the races can all get along, and maybe Johnny, you know uh, there'll be peace in Israel. Maybe you know it gives you I hope. Think you may be extrapolating a little too much conclusion from what you see. On You're right. Memes. You're right. Because one Dude, be like, bro, "Am I supposed to be a duck in this scenario?" And then they'd start fighting why, again. Why don't you just? Are read? you saying I'm a dog? I hate to tell you this. There are no. other sources of hope, Johnny. Try. I know, but I just it, I think it, it makes people go like, "Well, look, if they can get along." If an elephant can befriend a hyena. Did you see that one? No, I'm just making that up. That's not really. <laughs> hyena would kill an elephant, wouldn't it? Who would win? Uh, I don't think a hyena would have what it would take to take down an elephant. But they they come in packs, so aren't it takes, takes an elephant down. Aren't they? I think an elephant, though. How many like, hyenas do you think it would take? Is this like a joke? No. How many hyenas would, screw? <laughs> how many hyenas would it take to screw in a light bulb? How, how many Pentecostals, John, does it take to screw in a light bulb? Do you know this one? I can't remember. Yes. It takes it takes fifty two. It takes one to do it and fifty one to curse the darkness. <laughs> oh my gosh, we just we're offending everybody. No, today. we're not. Stop it. Uh, everybody Johnny would tell him that joke when he was a Pentecostal. I would. So I yeah. would tell it to Pentecostals though. I yeah. wouldn't like go You tell it right now from the stage? No, probably not. It's not your joke. No, that's just an old like yeah. street joke. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's about whatever denomination you want it to be. Like we have spent eighteen minutes. What talking about absolutely nothing? I think that's okay. And here's the question: the we're friends. I, the reason I bring that up, we're catching up. If you're new to the podcast, understand our premise, no, our structure. I think people are loving it. We always we wanted to. It's actually started because Dane, who's not with us again today, but. Dane used to go to lunch with us. We'd talk like this, and he'd be like, why are we not recording this? So one day we started recording it, and then we also wanted to say some things. <laughs> Eight people listen. We're like, this is why we're not yeah, so, recording yeah. this. So oh, we have more than – hey, we actually – hey, We actually have quite a bit. Our listenership Thanks, is – Thanks, listeners. Uh, yeah, we appreciate that. And so we want it to be more, and we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, in in the in – the, so, so we do allow ourselves just to kind of wax silly – John, why are you explaining all this? People I'm saying know who it we because are. someone out there, you asked the question before no. we started recording today, do you think people would prefer a 30-minute episode? 
Yeah, I wonder that because I have friends who do podcasts, and sometimes they'll say, "Well, thirty minutes is probably best." And they, but they, some people do instructional, more instructional podcasts, right? And so they think thirty minutes is like a quick. You can bite it off. And, I mean, ours is more like a conversation, and yeah. and I think that the, the the podcasts more in the vein that we do are generally an hour. There are lots of thirty minute podcasts out there, so we thought, Johnny, mm-hmm. that we would ask our faithful listeners. Put the pressure on you. Yeah. Well, do Sometimes you, you don't know what you want, though. What if we just go? Well, that's what they want, but that's not what they need. How, what's, who says we're going to listen to these people? Yeah, absolutely. When, you know, Henry Ford said that. He said if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have asked for faster horses. Mm, mm. See? So why are we – So you're why telling are we me this is, a, this is – You know what? To be honest with you, none of them are contributing. No. So it, why should we have a democratic process? What you do is you get free content and then you get mad when it's not there right. every week. Yeah. You know so, what? Get off our back, I'm listeners. really mad at the listeners I'm now. over this. How <laughs> dare you? If we were a 30-minute podcast, then right now we have 10 minutes to go. And, and then we, we just get into something. we literally talked about nothing of value but yet. But no, I don't think that's true. And half the stuff we're talking about, I'm probably going to cut back out. That is not. <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you dare. There's value that, You there. know what? That's what the thing. If you, would, if you want to be a $500 a month sponsor, yeah. I will give you the outtakes that didn't make it in because they were too inappropriate. Well, and we'll talk about whatever you want. Yeah. So now we're just dancing like monkeys, Johnny. You know, John, vinyl siding. <laughs> and then we just get into it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy. I listen to sports. You listen Stamps.com. What about it? Do you, you just pretend <laughs> that it's a conversation? There's a guy on the radio. I won't say which station it is because, you know, we're so influential. I don't want to say anything mm-hmm. bad. But, but they do that. They work the ads into the conversation, you yeah. know. So they're talking about sports. Yeah. And the one guy, it's always Dunkin' Donuts he gets into. <laughs> you know? and, he, and they'll be like, you know, and I just think the Preds. Um, maybe are going to have a chance, even though they lost this year, to do it again next year. And then he'll immediately he'll be like, "They got to have Pecker in. They fill in the middle in there. Like he's not filling the middle enough. You know what's filling in the middle? It's exactly like that. <laughs> Twelve donuts in a row. A donut with filling <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> in the middle, guys. I went by Duncan this morning. And I got to tell you, and it's so. And, yeah. it's, and see, I, I listen every day when I do listen. It's always at the same time because I'm in car line to pick up my kid, and so I know. The three fifteen slot is the Dunkin' Donut ad that he's not right. going to be pre-recorded. He's going to work it into it. What if it's like you just? What if we should just? You say, they say dress for the job you want, right? Mm-hmm. Which I clearly have not taken to heart. Mm. Um, I wear a black T-shirt every day. Mm. Um, but what if we start trying to get sponsors that we would want by just talking about them, and maybe they find out? Like for instance, I'll be like. Uh, yeah, man, I just want to say that uh, – have you seen those Teslas? Yeah. You know, the electric car? Yeah. Oh. Those things. I would uh, – I would. I, those are great. I mean, I would trade in. If I could If I could have one, I would say yes. Yeah. Yes, I will take that for free. Yeah. Is it working? <laughs> the Tesla car. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm watching my phone. Yeah, you're watching the phone. Tesla. You know what? The, the, the truth is I think we could do a lot more if we had sponsors. What I think we, we can reach more people with promotion. Like a live remote from Oh, absolutely. We could start doing live recordings, but that stuff costs money, Johnny. Oh, I don't know why. The overhead. But apparently it does. It's apparently we it's already own all the equipment. Yeah. But the truth is we could do more promotion. We could promote because that that's the thing. We don't we don't boost the promotions right now. We promote values, John. Right. We're promoting a message. So is it selling out to have a sponsor? What do you think about that? I mean, every podcast that we listen to has a sponsor but us. Yeah, but I'm thinking it's, that's part of the culture now is like we've made it okay 
to shill for a product, but it used to be that was a huge stain on your career right. if you did that. It's like, ooh, I'm silly selling out. Like most podcasts will like they'll do 30 minutes and then they'll stop and be like, hey, I want to tell you about my friends at, and they have like a one major sponsor. I want to tell you about my friends at Tesla. You yeah. know, I don't want to tell you about that. And and so it's unfortunate. I usually just <laughs> it's fast a very forward. folksy way to <laughs> my friends down at Tesla. Now <laughs> go on down there. I don't know how they do it, but <laughs> I tell you what, they don't even need gas in these things. <laughs> You just turn the key and you go. It's something else. Go on down there to Gene Stallings <laughs> Tesla. Like it's such a it's such a southern yeah. I don't, why yeah. do we even have Teslas here? Car commercials are like that's one thing everybody has in common is cheesy local car commercials. Yeah. The one we used to have was Carnival Kia. Uh, Remember you have his whole family, uh, eight kids or whatever. Yeah, and he'd be like, and he'd be like, and he'd have we his like kids. Kia. His kids like would be like begging, like something. please buy a Kia so we can eat. Right. That, that was the, the message because there's so many kids. He'd be like, don't you leave till you see, see me. me. And so if you try to leave, I guess he comes I after you. I bet you all of the guys who sell cars there who aren't him, who are trying to get a commission, are like, dang it. Well, I think he doesn't seeing, do them. It's not Carnival Key anymore. Stop seeing him. See yeah, me so see I can me. get the commission. I think they his marriage ended and mm. it's, not, it's not good. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Something happened. Something bad. We're not making jokes about this. No, we're not. I'm just okay. saying, like, it's he's the Carnival Key is no more. So it, like, the, the, like the dealership doesn't exist, or is it under it's a different name? name and it's under different ownership. It's still a Kia dealership. Twenty four minutes, and we've talked about <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we only have six minutes left. If this is a thirty minute episode, <laughs> guys, let me tell you about uh, Tim Keller and uh, oh, no, Jesus and uh, John. Stop it! What are you putting pressure on? For? I'm not. I'm just it's testing not. your theory. You want to know what a thirty minute podcast is saying? Like? Oh, you're right. Yeah, well, I take it back. We are going to lunch later. I think it, it takes us like. a while to get going. Is what I'm saying. I don't. Not like a Tesla. Teslas, you turn them on, <laughs> it's right away. Can you listen? Well, let's really try it out. Like you're picking something that won't work. They're okay. not going to give us a free Tesla, but somebody would give us. A what free about something. a local? What about yeah. a Nashville company? A Nashville company that might that, really want that. We can start creating. What's that bagel place that you said you enjoy? Dude, proper bagel. Proper bagel. But I don't know. Proper, proper bagel needs us. All right. And they're all the way downtown. Who in Mount Juliet? Plus, Tennessee? we're kind of faith based. They might have a weird issue with right, that. Right, right. And yeah. so, should we find like a Christian company? Okay, Christian owned company, Chick Fil A, Testaments. But they're not <laughs> Testaments. I don't think they need us. Big Candy. I wonder. <laughs> Big Jesus Candy. <laughs> Big Candy. It's taking over. Um. Yeah, yeah. I think Chick Fil A is the one. So Chick Fil A, like local Chick Fil A. Yeah, Ray Daniel. We want regional. Uh, we already know the guy. Yeah. So you're saying we're if calling Ray Daniel. Listens. We're calling Ray Daniel out. We want him to give us money. Is that what you're saying? Or give Ray's us free the Chick-fil-A. sweetest guy too. I know. Now we're like being mean to He's him. He's like the Christian Colonel Sanders. We should give him money. I think Colonel Sanders was a Christian too. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, <laughs> people say that like he's like a whatever. And you're like that person was the that was him. he's his generations. You know whatever. And you're like I think they would think That's they're his the son. Yeah. He's got the same name. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Right. So. Or like some, we, if we want to say something's like really to the umpteenth degree, we say it's on steroids. It's like such and such. A, it's like a podcast on steroids that talk about that. It's like a podcast on steroids. Yeah. Or it's like if you're talking about baseball, you're like, he's like Barry Bonds on steroids. <laughs> well, that was my favorite thing that <laughs> Andrew ever said. He was yeah. talking about Gold's Gym. He was like, guys, I'm going to tell you something. I went over to Planet Fitness the other day, and then I went to Gold's Gym. Dude, Gold's Gym is like Planet Fitness, Fitness on steroids. steroids. <laughs> <laughs> he was so serious. That's great. I was like, God, it's amazing. That's, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, 27 Gold's minutes. Gold's Gym, not a sponsor. <laughs> 20... <laughs> That's why we can't get sponsors. We keep making fun oh, of them. So. No, we're not. Gold's Gym, we're, we love you. 
Listen, I want a sponsor. I mm-hmm. want to stop. And if you don't read, by the way, the descriptions of the podcast, right. uh, we write them back and forth. But Johnny is predominantly taking over the writing. And you're doing, hey, I couldn't be happier. Thank you. With the product of what you're writing. I think you're happy with not doing it. I'm what you're very happy. happy so. But the not, the not sponsored by is always my favorite. Oh, so nice. It's always good. I don't know. All right, so let's get into it, John. Uh, we talked about your drink. We talked about your – and but John and I are doing a – this is for real. And you can go through this book with us. We'd love it if you would. Yeah. We're doing a Tim Keller book. John, talk about it. We're, We're going through Tim it Keller together book. as friends and keeping each other yeah. accountable and doing a daily devotion. And I have another buddy who's reading it. I'm thinking about even sending it to a few other friends that it, – because it's, it's a one-page-a-day thing. It's yeah. called uh, God's Wisdom for Navigating Life. Yeah. And it's, Tim Keller's amazing. Tim Keller's amazing. He's a pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in uh, New York. In is it Brooklyn? Is he in? Is he in, a, in the city? Oh, Brooklyn is he in? I don't know why I'm reversing the words, but um, but and the dude's he's, he's kind of who sometimes as a writer, especially I want to be when I grow up, you know. Yeah. Uh, but really, really addresses issues of social social justice, also biblical issues, all those things. So this is a study through Proverbs. Yeah. And he does hit some of the other wisdom books like Ecclesiastes and Job and things like that as well in there. But it's daily. It's it's three. I'll, I'll use it every year for a while because it's so good. I don't you know necessarily retain everything. Um, but there was a great one today, and it kind of a little bit. And by the way, I had a quote from our last talk. We talked about prosperity and the prosperity gospel. Yeah. Um, and after that, I read a quote from C.S. Lewis that said, "One of the dangers of having a lot of money is that you might be quite satisfied with the kinds." of happiness money can give and so fail to realize your need for God. If everything seems to come simply by signing checks, Mm -hmm. you may forget that you are at every moment totally dependent on God. And that idea, I think almost every topic in life that we really talk about comes back to whether or not we are dependent upon God because we are an independent kind of uh, culture. And so, yeah, the, it gets into the the message of it. Kind of gets into this idea. Uh, the 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 devotion part got into the message of like gluttony and gluttony as how how it's kind of evolved, especially in Christian culture, which is really where you only only where you hear that word uh, is like it's always about food or it's about uh, overeating. Right. But really, the original intent of it was about like excess in general or seeking pleasure in the now, uh, even if it's detrimental. Yeah, I'd read actually, and it was in that book uh, yeah. when you and I both have it, so it's probably where. But he actually says that today, we, like you said, it means only overeating, but traditionally it means the inability to live a life of delayed gratification. And then he quotes somebody else Gluttony offers a world of dancing, dining, sports, and dashing very fast from place to place to gape at beauty spots. Meaning I'm always on a right. – dude, I live my life. And it's sad. I think about this all the time and it won't be – everybody will have their thing. Yeah. But I love to cruise, go on a cruise with my wife so much yeah. or be at the beach with my wife. I realize even though – I wrote a whole book. It ended up being a series of books. Never got published. We actually had a publishing deal. We ended up not taking it. Glad in retrospect. There's a lot of things I would have changed theologically that I didn't know then that I know now about not arriving, not coming to a place. But I still instinctively have in my mind, it's not just retirement, it's even throughout my year, I'm always thinking about the cruise ship. Yeah. I am. I'm always thinking about it. Ooh, ooh, if I was on the cruise ship with my wife right now and I was on that 
Lido deck and we were just looking at the water and like you you long for this moment that there's no or pressure. like or like years of moments like you just say well we'll we'll uh one day we'll have enough to do this and that basically means to do nothing but live for yourself for the last 20 years of your life yeah john piper talked about that uh, he did a book called don't waste your life and it was about like if that's your dream that's like a faulty dream when you look at what the gospel – and I'm not telling somebody that, that retired and goes and takes a Winnebago and, and goes cross-country that they're like being anti-gospel. But he's like – that's like selling short what you could have, what you could be in his mindset. I don't know. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a – you know, my dad before he passed, my dad worked three jobs my whole life and yeah. I mean just work, work, work. And, and, and my brother and I and my sister, we all kind of inherited these um, – these things from him, this that the jobs are never done, and 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 you go after it, and then he retired from school. Well, your job really was never done. You did lawn care, so it's like that's the ultimate thing of like it always. We're going to be back here. Yep. Uh, I cleaned the church when I first started working here at the church. Uh, I came on as the janitor. Yep. And I taught Sunday school too, but I was the janitor. That was my job, and I maintained the building and stacked chairs and all that stuff. And so that was the ultimate of like I am cleaning this bathroom and. It is going to stay clean for exactly a half hour, you know, or whatever. Yeah, and and I get real frustrated in life by by jobs that can never be completed. Yeah, and then at some point in life, that's why I begin thinking along those "we never arrive" type things. I realized nothing in life is ever complete until you die. Yeah, like really, if it's ever going to be done, but you, but there's this, there's this. I think belief somewhere, and I think it comes from a little bit from American idealism. That yeah. there's this belief that there's that there is this pot of gold somewhere at the yeah. end of this rainbow. Right. Some of that's healthy in terms of of a heaven mindset. That I do believe there is an eternal place where we're satisfied. But it's so funny in most people's mindsets of that place, they're not working. Yeah, like I, there's no job to be done anymore. And I don't believe that's what heaven's like at all. I just think that I think work was a gift. That's what Ecclesiastes says. Yeah, I think we work here, and there's not a sense of peace necessarily that we're going to have in uh, in the afterlife. So it's like that's that's the real uh, that's the real goal, not the streets of gold, but it's the sense of peace and the sense of being with God. Yeah, and that we don't necessarily have the full flavor of here. We've yeah. got a hint of it, John, just like your Kroger drink. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a, like there's like a glass darkly. There's a we're right. seeing a, through a through a fog. Um, but yeah, I think that yeah, people do that. And you know, Curry's dad, uh, my wife's dad, he is the hardest working guy I've ever known. Really, uh, he taught me how to work just like your dad did. He taught me how to fix things, and he he believed in me in a way that my dad never did. And uh, he was patient with me and kind to me. And, and so it taught me a lot about like, here's a guy who's, and now he's in his seventies and he still works a job. And he told me one time on a mission trip that a friend of his was climbing up a ladder to, to paint like an Eve under a house that he had held. He was helping an old lady or something. And he fell over dead and off the ladder, just fell off the ladder dead. And he was in his like seventies, late seventies. And I was like, Oh my, I thought it was like a sad story. Yeah. He was like, he goes, I was like, he's like, that's the way I want to go. I want to be doing something, helping somebody. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. It really changed my mindset, you know? No, it's true. Um, the The way that we treat work as an accomplishment thing instead of an, an, another gift from God. God right. certainly gave Adam and Eve things to do. Yeah. Uh, and I think a gluttonous to that point lifestyle is one where gratification becomes the new goal. Yeah. Instead of wholeness. 
and 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 I don't and I think when we're so stressed and we're so uh, hyper busy and yeah. we're so about these tasks that people literally in America who have more wealth than any generation before them have more anxiety. Yeah, they're more disillusioned. Yeah, no, you know, bored. Yeah, how you because the, the only thing bigger than bigger better than a boat is a bigger boat. The only thing better than a house is looking across and seeing the bigger house. Or the or the energy you have to put in to maintain to be able to pay for the things that you have causes you not to have time yeah. even to necessarily enjoy them. Yeah. Or or perspective because the stress of it. You know, Paul Miller says, and uh, it's such a thing that's hit me so much. He, he's referring to it in terms of prayer, but it, it fits here for me as well. He says when you really focus on like the act of prayer, like people who are freaking out how to pray, how yeah. not to pray, when to pray, when not to pray, and, and, and you, he said it's like looking at the windshield of your car instead of looking through it. Uh-huh. Like you're no longer you, – that's not the point of prayer. It's not really at all what it was about. Right. So you try to figure out the best discipline or way. I think it's the same way we treat life when it comes to a gratification mindset. Instead of enjoying life, you're always you're, you're looking at the thing that can never be your destination, yeah. and you're supposed to u- look through those things, like my job or my um, possessions, all those things. And the Bible says in Timothy that all these things of the earth are given to us, and this life is given to us. Ecclesiastes says our work is given to us. Certainly, it was given to Adam and even Genesis. <clears throat> it's given to us for enjoyment as a blessing from God, and so. It's not itself, though, supposed to be the means right. to happiness. And that was another thing on this page that you and I pointed out. I'll read this. Um, the great mistake of gluttony, and this is Keller again. The great mistake of gluttony is to seek happiness directly rather than as a byproduct of living responsibly. Yeah, We're seeking happiness directly as if it's a thing to be found and I think that the ancients certainly understood at some point in time that it's not a thing. And so when gluttony is spoken of in the Bible, there, there's all these – you're in the days of the Stoics and the Epicureans and all these people. Yeah. Gluttony for them, the way I always historically studied it, was more – they would have parties mm-hmm. um, that were basically orgies. And in there as well, food to an excess would be a thing where you would eat to the point yeah. that you were so overfull, you would go make yourself throw up right. so you could go eat more. It was, it was worshiping the excess. I'm going to do this to an unhealthy extent to right. worship the excess of it, to experience something because I believe that. Right, the Epicureans, and then you had the Stoics who thought that they could find inner peace through denying themselves pleasures yep. of the world or denying themselves even emotions. Right. So that's where you get the, like if somebody has a stoic face, they have no emotion. And so that's like the legalism. So you have the other people, the people who th- say, well, we have this freedom. We're going to abuse it. Then you have the other people who are like, well, like there is no freedom. Like I'm going to, this is how I will achieve. I'll show you that I'm better than you by having a terrible life. Right. And I will achieve a higher realm by that. It's such a, I read a book about that concept creeping into Christianity. Yeah. It, it is a Greek concept, obviously, from the Stoics. But we really do think of the mature Christian today as the one who can keep their emotions under control yeah. despite the circumstances. When in, in in some cases, they're not, they're not number one, knowing themselves. Yeah. Number two, they're not living in community where they're actually sharing, hey, I'm freaking out here. Right. David, David freaked out through the whole Psalms. Right. He's crying out. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that that's the truer expression. Jesus freaked out in the garden 
You know, yeah. he would cry over Jerusalem. He would weep over Lazarus's tomb. You know, there were so. Th- yeah, I grew up when like I thought. You know, we we always had that phrase "cool." Like, is that kid cool? And what cool really means is you don't show emotion. Right. You're not affected by the things that affect other people. Yep. And that became a thing we wanted to acquire somehow. Like, if I could just be cool like that guy, people would think I was cool. It's like. The older I get, man, I don't like hanging around cool people. I want to see people who are like really affected by things that cry at movies. Yeah. When you're supposed to cry, cry. Like if you hold it in, it's like what what kind of pent up awful daddy issues do you have if you can't cry in the first ten minutes of Up? Right. Because you don't want somebody to see you cry. Just cry. Yeah. You know, if somebody if somebody uh, hurts you, say you hurt me. Like no, man, it's all right. Right. Like that's how we 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 think we're getting better by being that, but we're really becoming less human. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know. Well, and it has its its consequences. You know, people and I'll you've said this to me before. That's why I can say it because it's no longer a compliment. You spend enough years being stable, yeah. Then people eventually go, "Well, you're the rock." Everybody's right. leaning on you're the rock. And I'm gonna tell you, man. Even recently, I I am not a rock like that. That um, caricature of myself. Mm-hmm. You begin to believe yourself to be that. Well, then one moment, the moments begin to come where, man, something from it can be childhood or, or the loss of a parent or <clears throat> the loss of confidence in a, an ability or a job or a question yeah. of future that you never thought of. Suddenly, man, if if you believe yourself to be a rock, yeah. then when you find yourself being shaken, it, it instead of it just being a human emotion that you should be able to feel and deal with, you're now dealing with an identity crisis because you never yeah. gave yourself the margin to to feel those things before. And and I think <clears throat> you know I, I just ordered a book today um, that lots of our listeners I'm sure have read. <clears throat> Johnny and I, you made the comment today that our listeners in, in 2018 have yet to hear our real. They've voices. never heard our real voices. <clears throat> this is yeah yeah. But I just I just ordered a book uh, about the journey to finding yourself, and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a study of the Enneagram and other things. It's, it's Christian. Called Eat, pray, love. <laughs> but it's <laughs> we we have we have thought that such a humanistic thing. When isn't that not exactly <clears throat> what Jesus came not for you to find your value in yourself, but to discover your value that He has yeah. given to you as a as a part of his creation and as a part of his family, that you may be restored to your value in him. Yeah. Um, but it's not so that you, yes. And we say, if you want to find your life, you lose it and you, you need to die to yourself. But the dying to yourself doesn't mean dying to your value. Right. Or dying to your emotions or any of those things. It means that you are dying to the part of you that is killing you. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus came to remove the part of you that is taking away your value because you think you can find it as a, and happiness as a means to an end. And, and on previous episodes, we discussed that, the, the American idealism of it, yeah. that it's in the Constitution, life, liberty, and the pursuit of what? Happiness. And yeah. if you pursue happiness as a means unto – as an end unto itself, then there is there, – there, you, you cannot – yeah. Find it. You will find – you're not actually finding happiness. You're going to fill it with something else, whether it's a disciplined life of stoicism. I'm going to find happiness by cutting yeah. myself off and not feeling or an Epicurean style of life of gluttonized living in this yeah. culture, which is where we tend to, to go, most of us. That I'm, I don't even realize I'm searching for happiness anymore. But when happiness became the true pursuit, then all other things 
will be acceptable to fill the hole instead of thinking that I love that a, a, a life well lived in knowing who God is. I used to not this is something I don't know if I said it before or not. Um, I used to want to be well known. Yeah, I really did. I wanted to be well known in my, and I think I still do. I don't know if I could ever get rid of that. I want to be well known. I want to have a legacy of a life that mattered, that did something important. Yeah. And, and, it, and it taunts me every day. Like I don't, I don't know if I'm being important enough and I'm, I'm in a process of rehabbing and, and trying to figure out how much of that is healthy and how much of it is not. But now it's at least rising on at least the needle is moving that as much as I want to be well known, I really want to be known well. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be known well by my wife, by my daughter, by my friends. I want to not hide. I want to be honest. And, and every time I think I've been as honest as I can be, I realize there's another level there's another depth of things that, oh, I didn't know it meant that. Yeah. Like there's something else to be expressed and it's, and it's scary and it's, um, you know, intimidating. It takes courage to even think about it. And I'm a real open my feelings kind of guy. So I didn't realize I had all that. I had the yeah. assumption again, oh, I was a rock. It's all good. And now you're going, no, you had some things that might be considered a rock in, in, in our day and age. And maybe you were a rock in some areas. I'm going to say one more thing. I'm going to give up the microphone. No, John, you got it. You're going We're not sharing a microphone. That'd be weird. No, that would be weird. Um, but the, we used to have to do that, by the way. Remember when a microphone would break in a yeah, show? Yeah, we had to sing into the same mic. Oh, like, those were weird moments. It was like an Aerosmith moment. <laughs> it was. Um, the Written some things in a letter, and I asked somebody to proofread it, and I mm-hmm. quoted a proverb that calls you a fool. Yeah. And it said... It says that only a fool gives an answer. If you give an answer before you hear what someone has said, Mm -hmm. it is to your folly and shame to give an answer, to give your answer before you've heard the other side. Yeah. It's a, it's a, to your folly and shame. And, um, my friend said, well, it sounds like you're calling them a fool though. And I don't know if I'd want to do that. And it kind of took me down this, this road. Yeah. Of of what and, and actually Keller talked about in the Proverbs book a little bit, this road of how offended we are that something would point out our foolishness, yeah, to the point that don't even tell them, even if it's like it was the person I was writing to really needed to hear, yeah, what I was going to say, but the idea of offending them that they might be thought of as foolish, and really what Proverbs is very helpful because it goes back to the whole am I a rock or am I not? We're so dismissive or accepting we're mm-hmm. so polarizing and extreme yeah. that either john's a rock yeah. or john's not right. and it could be that there are areas of life that i'm strong in but there are a lot of areas i'm not proverbs is not saying well you're either a fool or you're a wise man i mean the guy who wrote most of them was a very wise man man who became very foolish in a lot of areas of his life yeah and so I think what he's saying, you need to take each verse or each concept very individualistically that, hey, Johnny, it may be that you're really wise when it comes to money or really wise when it comes to generosity, really wise when it comes to counseling someone in certain areas. But yeah. it may be that it comes to this, this, and this, that you have foolish areas and the wise man won't assume that it's all or nothing. So that's all I was going to say that we don't have to throw out all of our life's pursuits, all right. of our lives. And I'm really working on that. Yeah, I think yeah, I've, we've all felt uh, foolish before, and that's the thing. That's the thing you, you should never. That shouldn't be your main word. Like I don't want to, but yeah, you feel. I've definitely had that thing where I feel like I'm 
the rock for certain people around me and there's a pressure there to be that uh, and almost put on a mask when you go into a social setting to because well if they knew this then that's going to undermine their belief in me um uh for me obviously with what i do people think that i'm going to be like the life of the party or whatever and sometimes i just don't feel like doing that i just want to be there you know i just want to blend in um most of my friends that i have that are close friends they understand that about me and they're just like oh he's just chilling here uh this he's not on or whatever but every now and again you'll get that pressure but yeah, it's weird when you when you have that mindset of like I'm I have to be this rock for people. I have to be the one who they can depend on, and then you look around and you're like, who can I depend on? Yeah, you know, because you've been that for so many people, and then it's not like you do it to get back, but you just go. When I'm in crisis, like where is everybody? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I get to have a? Do I get to melt down sometimes? And you you never really do, you know. Um, and so that can be hard. Um, to your point about that, but yeah, I think. Uh, to the point about the gluttony part, I think about like we have uh, Amazon Prime culture now, where we want we don't just want it; we want it like two day free shipping. You know, there's something like an an endorphin, like a scientific study was done about like this endorphin rush that you get when you buy things. You know, shopping is such this big high for us because it is like this thing. We it, it's almost like there's a promise of this will make my life better. Right. You're you're envisioning a better life on the other side of whatever this device is or whatever this piece of electronics is, and uh, I don't know. I, even though we know it, even though we know that it won't, that eventually we'll be tired of this. Or yeah, I bought the book today, knowing I won't read it for probably a year, but I want to, and it's going to improve my life, and it's going to go into the stack. That I don't, I'm, I can't get through them all, and that's okay. <clears throat> and, and what is it about? I think you're right. I think when you buy something, you're taking your value yeah. and you're spending it. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this is what I have. This is what I can go gain. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's not it's not wrong in and of itself, you know. But, I mean, it really, and you're right, To very similar to the idea of when do I get to break down. Um, like, I have that in my marriage. I can break down. But even then, if I push it too far, I start realizing this is not fair to her at some yeah. point. You know, I need to be healthier with more people. Yeah, that's different than saying, like, I don't want to just be completely a basket case around my wife all the time because it's just, that's now me being irresponsible. I'm not letting – I'm not giving her room yeah. to be a basket case. That's not the same thing as, like, being, like, I've got to be the strong one, so I'll just never show emotion to my wife. But I get what you're saying, like, yeah. There's a balance there. There is. And, and, and I think it's good to be, re, be real with everyone in your life. And there's certainly boundaries. There are things I'm not going to – I'm trying to be very real in front of my daughter. But I also have to limit the amount of that that I show her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she knows I'm very imperfect in all those things. But if I act like I'm scared in the house – just an example. If I were right. to act like I'm scared in the house at night, which I'm not – but if that were the case, man, it would terrify her because right. I'm going to be a source of security. So, you you know, there are – and I believe as leaders and all those things, there's, there's time and wisdom. And, and everything doesn't need to go to everybody. You know, that, that there's wisdom there. What I always ask this question when we're studying community right now, yes, it does need to go to everybody. But can you point out somebody mm-hmm. besides your spouse? Is there somebody intentionally in Christian community these things – are happening with in your life that you're being real because I don't know and you said it uh, I don't be around cool people anymore I don't want to be around a person who acts like they're not broken yeah 
Like, I don't have any room for that anymore. Like, we're just, it's such a waste of, of my time because I know that game really, really well. That's a game I played, or worse, like me, a person who truthfully thinks they're not broken. Well, that certainty that we were raised to feel uh, because certainty was, um, it was wrapped up in the gospel. It was almost like, well, not only do we believe this, but we also believe that we have cornered the market on truth and we know these things are all true. And it wasn't just like uh, that Jesus died and rose again, like tenets of the gospel. I'm talking about we know this and this, this this little tiny hair splitting thing that we believe about the gospel is true. And the people that don't believe that are just wrong. We'd walk around with that certainty. And after a while, man, that certainty becomes like a burden. Yeah. Because uh, it's like you said in the, the scripture, like if you've never heard the other side, mm-hmm. it's like you're answering them before mm-hmm. you even heard their side. Yeah. So you would speak, you would speak with a certainty on things you have no idea about. Like we talked about uh, the Black Lives Matter thing or issues of race. And we think we can just, because we know this, that we know everything and we're afraid to have a moment where we go, I don't understand this. Help me. Help me understand from your point of view. What is America like for you? What is life like for you? Yeah. We're afraid to say that because we think it shows weakness. Uh, and if we're unsure, then our identity is going to be stripped away if, we, if somebody catches us being unsure. And w- instead, really, I, when I see that, I, I see strength if somebody's willing to say, like, look, we're going to come back to that. I don't know. I want to I want to know more before I even talk about this or whatever. Absolutely. I mean, we forget that the actual message of the gospel wasn't a message of empathy. That it says in Hebrews that Jesus came for the purpose of being able to sympathize with our weaknesses. Yeah. So he could have, he could have, he already knew. He knows everything. He wanted to not just know. He wanted to feel. And he wanted to show us that yeah. he knew. I want you to know that not only am I going to just divinely right. take on your emotion, I'm going to feel it for myself, mm-hmm. and I'm going to want you to know I'm present. So really, the essence of the gospel because it's not. Because it's not that Jesus didn't know, is that he wanted us to, like you said, he wanted us to know <clears throat> that he's present and that he's feeling it. I'm present, I'm feeling, and, and and ultimately, I'm going to feel it in a way that is greater than you ever could contain, so that I can redeem it. And it's just a beautiful thing when we when we step up to a stage. And guys, I'm so sorry, I'm going froggy, <clears throat> and I can't stop. <clears throat> it's all right, John. Man, I was doing so good. I told you, this is the best I've sounded all. Luden's Cough Drops, not a sponsor. <laughs> but this this place to go, man, how much I just don't listen. Mm-hmm. And it takes more time to listen and more energy. And like you said, it it strikes at – if it strikes at something I'm completely certain of, then I sense insecurity. I sense a desire to circle the wagons and to hold up the tradition. And the Bible's so clear. Everything that can be shaken will be. And I believe what that principle really means is, is I don't have to feel the need to defend God yeah. because he might collapse if I don't. Yeah. Christians take that on. Well, if we don't, then you know what? If we don't, God's going to take care of it anyway. Yeah. I'm not I'm not relieving and, – and that makes me uncomfortable as a pastor. And now I have to, to balance that statement with something like this. Well, yes, but we have our purpose and our generation and that – and yes, and damage can be done to the cause of Christ. Absolutely. And it's not it's not a get rid of it, you know, get rid of the responsibility, especially when it comes to social issues like defending the weak and taking care of the widows and the orphans and 
the things that I feel like are not being done in the world because God's people are not fully understanding the gospel. But there are some of God's people who are, who have taken on that pressure as if they have to save the world. Yeah. And, and most of them now, those who go and do it with their actions and serving, is a different ballgame than those who feel like they have to defend it. I have to understand it, and I have to defend the gospel against all threats, domestic yeah. and foreign, to these these ideals I'm going to stand for. And the bottom, when it comes to an ideal that we believe yeah. are wrapped up in the very essence of who God eternally past has always been, then he doesn't need my pea brain to defend it. I need to know why I believe what I believe. I'm not saying don't do it. My whole point of this is before I begin defending, can I hear and realize that if they say something completely um, you know, alternate and even offensive to the viewpoint that I currently hold, it makes us look so um, weak and really ineffective in what we do believe when yeah. we can't even hear the other side, almost as if this is a house of cards and if I let you get near it, then you're – then if you start – you know, breathing hard, it's going to blow it over. And it's right. like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. You know, Paul didn't always see the need. He didn't. He would come in and, and he would make his case. <clears throat> some would believe and some wouldn't. He was certain that it was true regardless of whether they responded in the way he wanted them to. Jesus did too. And there was like this sense of confidence that, you know what? Hey, um, I hope you all get this. I'm going to do this. But this has been eternally true. It's going to be eternally true. It's immutable. It's unshakable. It's infallible. Yeah. And so if you we keep adding things to it that maybe aren't immutable and unshakable, it's okay. If they fall away, the Bible right. said they would. The thing that is right and true cannot fall away. That is Christ. He is an anchor here, and it can't be taken away. So there, And there are things connected to him that won't fall away. Like, for example, I don't think community, I don't think the church is going to fall away. Elements of how we do this thing need to be shaken. Yeah. But they will return us then to what is unshakable. Anyway. What do you, what do you want to change about church, John? What's what you, um, I need you to, I need you to do more. No more child care. (laughs) We're going to stop. You ever hear people do that? They'll be like, we've split up these kids and the adults and they'll have some revolutionary idea. Like the early church, it's just everybody met together. And then they try to do like, yeah, everybody's here Sunday or whatever. Family Sunday. And it's a total disaster because kids are running around. And- right. And yes, and I have some of those ideas, but we always return to that like, well, you're going to literally – people aren't going to be able to follow you just yet. And by the way, speaking of gluttony and cruises, I throw, oh. it's just one of my things. I yeah, want, It's always about the cruise for you. I want to go on a cruise ship yeah. that I have built and I will call it Gluttony of the Seas. That's beautiful. I mean, I think that that's what this is really about for me. I want to call the gluttony <laughs> of the seas. I did remember a quote, one of my favorite quotes about money, and I forgot to say it when we were talking about the money thing, and this is kind of serious, but I can't remember if it was Chuck Swindoll, but somebody said, uh, I quoted it the other day, and it said, the Bible asks three things about our money. Uh, how did you get it? What are you doing with it? And what's it doing to you? So I think about that a lot oh, in good. my own finances. Like Those are the three questions that guys asking about our money. How did you get it? Uh, what are you doing with it and what's it doing to you? And I said, so that determines like your heart behind the thing. So it's not, I don't think it's wrong to have things. It's wrong for things to have you, man. We're just really, we're, we're turning some sermons. We're, man. <laughs> you're like, I don't want to know things. I want to be known or I want to, I don't know what I you know. said. It was something. It's not the size Every, of the man on the podcast, the size of the podcast and the man. It's the, that's, 
<clears throat> remind me next time I was shooting a video in a Methodist church. It was, you know, I didn't tell you all about it. It was yeah. literally originally founded in 1840 here in Mount Julia. And the building is original. I think most of this building was remodeled in like 1898. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Original pews, the whole deal, very historical. But they had a thing here called John Wesley's accountability questions. And it was fascinating because th- things like, do I pray about the money I spend? Uh, do I get to go to, do I get to go to bed on time and get up on time? Or do I get to bed on time? Sorry. You know, like, do I insist upon doing something about which my conscience is uneasy? Like it just had some really conscience. Yeah. We really struggle with those two words, conscience and conscience. But it just was a very interesting, I thought it'd be cool questions for us to look around. There's 21 of them. That's, that's interesting. 21 episodes, Johnny. Talk about that. My gosh. Going through John Wesley's accountability questions. They were just very, they were just fascinating to me because obviously he wrote those in, in a century. What was that third one about doing something about your uneasy? Do I insist upon doing something about which my conscience is uneasy? It's like, yeah. do I keep doing something though I know I don't feel right about right. It inside kind of thing? Uh, am I am I honest in all my acts and words or do I exaggerate? Like, man, that's, that's a huge one. I don't know if I told you I deceived my wife the other day about oh, something no, very John. simple. And I, I keep coming to these conclusions. Like I said, I thought I had nothing to hide. I got all kinds of stuff I'm hiding. Oh so gosh. it keeps coming out. It was great. And I, I owned up to it. And it was awesome. So You're not going to tell us what it is? They haven't already told you? No. This will be it, and then we're going to be out. This is the, this is the last story. So in, anyway, Johnny. So the- <sighs> you bought some new shoes. <laughs> no. I was supposed to pick up. I was picking up my kid. Yeah. And my wife was sick, and she's like, hey, I need you to run to the pharmacy. And I had this big list of things to do in my day, and that's when I realized I'd, I get off is when you add something to a preexisting list. It's like right. I've already put this one list in my head and now. Mm-hmm. And so I I basically um, went to school to pick up Sadie, and a big mm-hmm. storm came up. Yeah. And she got in the car, and there was all these tornado warnings and stuff. And she was upset and everything, and I just – we were talking, honey, it's okay, you know. And I drove her home, and I walked in the door and realized I forgot. It was just me. I just forgot. Yeah. And I headed it off at the pass. Right. So instead of saying, oh, I, I forgot, forgot, I said – Tornado warning. Hey, listen, honey, I'm going to run back out and get – I just went in and brought Sadie home. She got in the car, and she was really, really upset. Man. And I didn't say that was the reason, but yeah. I led her to believe – Yeah. The reason that I forgot was Sadie trying to was get upset. Sadie home. And the yeah. truth was, I'm just a, I'm just forgetful. I don't think that's really that bad. And so a few minutes later, she goes, but but my story, obviously, because I'm such a horrible liar in the first place, she was yeah. like, okay, tell me again. You're making why me you... feel bad about my deception. Like, she didn't forget. <laughs> she she didn't she didn't question it. She was like, what was your thing again? And I said, you know what? I just deceived you. The truth is, I just forgot, and mm-hmm. I tried to make it about Sadie's being scared, and I just forgot. She was like, oh, okay, well that's cool. And and she was like, because you told me the truth, John. Right. <laughs> I love you even more. And then you guys made out right there. <laughs> right. right there. It was awesome. I've never loved you more. Right. That's always the thing in the movies is like when the kid tells the truth about stealing the candy or whatever. Yeah. He always gets to keep it or whatever. Right. And you never theory, get in trouble. Like you don't go to, you shouldn't go to jail. Yeah. That kid should so. go to jail for stealing that candy. Right. Let's put these kids under the jail. That's guys. I'm telling you. You can't it's steal time. candy. It's a pestilence of our time. You can't get away kids with that. Kids stealing candy. Good grief. What's next? My It'll goodness. be anarchy. People calling that grace. Has Sadie stolen yet? Uh, no, say he's not a stealer. Well, you don't know. You said stealer. She's not a thief, you mean, John? <laughs> no, no, she's not a... Uh, she's the English not. language really is your playland, isn't it? <laughs> she's not a Pittsburgh stealer. <laughs> no, her, her, her thing her thing is... Uh, she just had a confession much like mine that oh, I just yeah. made last night to me. But she's deceptive. From, she, she's confessing things from preschool. Oh, no. 
She remember. has a photographic memory. How could she remember preschool? I mean, she's like, you know, Daddy, there's something I never told you. I was like, really, honey? It was like kindergarten, and she's going to the fourth grade next year. So I was like, honey, it's okay. I mean, but I also don't belittle it. Okay, great. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Awesome, you know, so that she won't hold it so long next time. Yeah. Anyway, dude, this was an interesting episode. I don't look. I think so too. I think it's great. Glut, we did Gluttony of the Seas. We did uh, <laughs> the arrivals of our lives and where we're going. We talked about lots of things. We had some sermon, some now. sermon titles <laughs> that were interchangeable. You just yeah. switch the words. That's how you make a sermon title. Oh, you can absolutely switch. When you words. doubt your powers, you, you give, give power, power to your, your doubts. doubts. Right. If you, you know, I try not to. I, I, I listen. The whole. I'm sorry to 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 be well known. That's good. That is good. Not, to, I'm not to, saying it's to, not to be good. known well. That's the thing is we make things hard to to you know. It's like the cynicism creeps in where like you see somebody that writes a good sermon title and you're like, oh, of course it's going to be catchy. Like, yeah, that's the point. So you remember it, right? That's not wrong, right? Do it, John. I did. I can't help it. I, know. I can't help but do it. I know. And they're not always good, though. That's the thing. But that one really spoke to me, like personally. Like, I if it rhymes, well. usually that's the one. If it's rhyme, it's right on time. That's right. right. On, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, uh, <clears throat> make sure. You, hey, we're gonna try to. T- I'm gonna try to line up this this outro. Yeah. We usually I go and line this up. Let's see if we can do it live. You hear it right now, yeah. getting louder. Right. So I'm gonna try to see what can happen. So I hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to share with yeah. your friends. Your family. Yeah. Let us know if you'd like short episodes is one thing. You can uh, you can actually just right now email me at john at johndriver.com. Especially if you're with the Tesla company. If you're with Tesla or you want to be a sponsor, let us know. If you have other topics you want us to talk about, let us know. We would love to be a part of it. Johnny, it's getting louder. This is great. Yeah. I'm watching it on the screen. We're going to do this. It's going to be amazing. So share with your friends. Leave us a review. Get on social media. Talk about it as we talk about that. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free Story Behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.